Hi there, and welcome to the first episode of the 2018-19 season of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Hi there, and welcome to the first edition of the brand new season of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. Uh, it seems like we've come back pretty quick. You know, the schools haven't even finished. Uh, lots of us haven't been, even been on holiday, and we're back talking about the football. Uh, we've got a few things to go through tonight. Obviously, the Rangers are in Spain at the moment. We'll go through all that, and we'll look at some of the moves that have came in and out of the club. But firstly, I think it's important to mention, uh, obviously, Johnny Hubbard passed away through the week at the age of 87. Hubbard made 238 competitive appearances for Rangers and scored 104 goals. He moved to Glasgow in 1949 from South Africa and up until very recently he was still a regular visitor to the stadium and lots of fans uh, got to see him quite often. He was affectionately known as the Penalty King uh, because he scored 65 out of 68 of his spot kicks and he was part of the first ever Rangers side to play in European competition against Nice in 1956. Uh, he won three league championships and one Scottish Cup and also won, went on to play for Bury and Air United. Uh, he was later inducted into the Rangers Hall of Fame and will forever be remembered for his services under the guidance of both Bill Struth and Scott Simon. So two legendary managers at Ibrox he served under. The thoughts of everyone here at Jersey are with Ms. Mr Hubbard's family and friends at this sad time. So back to the show. Uh, joining me tonight is Stuart Franklin, the the, the head honcho of Jersnet. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm very well, thanks, Colin. Just enjoying the summer and the break. <laughs> you had a barbecue? I've had a few barbecues, but not today. Uh, just, well, Pete's not here tonight because he'd know that it would rub my nose in it as well. Uh, and also joining me tonight is uh, Stephen Clifford from the Four Lads Had a Dream blog. Uh, if you've seen the blog, you'll see there's some excellent stuff on there. Uh, hi, Stephen. How are you doing? You looking forward to your Jersnet debut? Hi, James. Thanks for having us on. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. And hopefully I don't make too many mistakes. <laughs> you'll, you'll not beat me. Trust me. <laughs> there's no one talks to me when it comes to mistakes. Anyway, right, we'll get right into it, obviously. I mean, obviously, we know Stevie G uh, arrived, you know, in sort of May time there. Uh, exciting time for the club. We're all delighted with that. They're out in pre-season in Spain at the moment, and there's obviously lots of stuff coming back. Been lots of moves, lots of players in, lots of players out. So I think that's probably the best place to start. So players in, Alan McGregor, Scott Arfield, Jamie Murphy's loan move has been made permanent. Connor Goldson. This is the one I've been, I've been dreading all day. Ovi Egeria, who's on loan from Liverpool. Nicola Katic and John Flanagan. And we'll talk about John Flanagan uh, later on in the show. Stephen, I'll start with you. In terms of the players in, have, have you been quite happy with the, the, the sort of standard of signings that Stephen Gerrard's brought to the club? Yeah, um, I think there was obvious places where we had to to immediately strengthen um, centre-backs. Immediately, that had, that had to be sorted out. And I'm pleased that have went out and obviously I, I don't know a lot about Katic or even a lot about Goldson. Seen Goldson maybe a couple of times that I'm very little about Katic but there's a big outlay there um, there's enough to, to make us excited about these guys they're, they're big in stature and everything that we've not had in recent years um, and behind them obviously Al McGregor in, in goals he, he had a fantastic season last year with Hull player of the year I just think that immediately we begin to look more solid from the back. Um, our field's a, a, a no-brainer. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. that Obviously, there's we don't know much about um, the young lad from Liverpool. I'm not going to attempt to say his name. Ojaria, I think it is. We don't know much about him, but we'll, we'll need to just wait and see. Um, I think he might be a kind of Ottawa-type player, very skillful, gradually introduced. Um, hopefully. There's a lot more to come. I'm still hoping that we're going to bring in four or five more bodies. Um, it still needs strength, and I'd like to see a winger and a couple of strikers, maybe. But you, you know, as Rangers fans, we're always greedy, and we always want somebody else. So, but yeah, I mean, so far, I think the the work that's been done has has been excellent. Um, I think Flanagan's a really strong signing as well. So yeah, all all so far, I'm really quite pleased with it. 
What about yourself, Stuart, in terms of players that have come in? How, how do you feel? You, do you think that's a step above, you know, what's come in over the last couple of years? I think only time will tell, Colin. Um, like Stevie, I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think the, the first and foremost, we had to address the defence. Our defence was pretty poor last year. I actually thought the start of last season wasn't too bad. I thought Alves and Cardozo weren't quite as bad as a lot of people tend to think. Clearly, um, we lost a bit of form there. And then I think the same thing happened um, after the year. I think when Russell Martin came in and him and Bates together, they did quite well defensively. And obviously, uh, Bates got injured. And after that, uh, Russell Martin completely fell apart. Um, so I think putting together a, a, a decent defence for this season was definitely a high priority. And I'm glad to see that they've moved quickly on that, especially with a game coming up in, in two or three weeks. So... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty pleased. I think um I think the next thing now is to to bring in another striker. I'm not overly convinced about the young lad from Roma that they've been talking about, Sadiq. I think from looking at YouTube videos, which is pretty unfair on the guy to be to be honest, but he looks half decent, but he seems to like to play on the shoulder with defenders and getting behind them, which as we know from um a certain former St Johnston player that's just left the club, that doesn't really work. Um, at, at Rangers when teams sitting against us so um, it's going to be interesting where the next two or three weeks takes us in terms of, of further signs because we definitely need more improvement if we're to make a proper challenge up to against Celtic I think you're both right to highlight the defence and I think that's probably certainly from our perspective that's one of the things that I've enjoyed that, that, that we're almost we're building from the back you know I think last season we were the top scorers in the league but we also conceded the most so to me it was fairly obvious where we needed to strengthen initially and and that appears to be sort of Gerrard's way of thinking as well. Uh, going on to the players out, uh, Stephen, uh, Joe Dudu is away to Blackpool on loan, Liam Kelly signed for Livingston, uh, O'Halloran's away to Melbourne City and Holt's away to Fleetwood. Uh, I'm focusing on O'Halloran for the moment. There was obviously, I, I think it happened after we finished the final podcast of the season, there was a whole business with him being photographed in the Celtic end at the Scottish Cup final. What was he? What was he thinking about with that? To be to be honest. Well, for me, it was clear he was orchestrating his move. There had been talk of O'Halloran wanting out of of Ibrox for for quite a few a few months minimum. Um, he's obviously been told he's surplus to requirements, but he wanted a payoff. He wanted to be able to to go. So the story goes. Of course, we're, we're never going to know how true these things are, but the, the rumour mill was suggesting that was the case. And then obviously he was photographed during the week and then he was photographed in, in the Celtic away end. And I, I don't buy his excuses of, you know, I thought it was a, a an equal segregation or whatever nonsense he came out with. If if, he, if that was the case and it was a genuine mistake, you simply turn around and go out realising, you know, I've made a bit of an error. But to me, he was just, he was orchestrating his move. He, he was making it, you know, as, as as easy for the club to get rid of them as, as they could. And, and by all accounts, I think all that's happened there with the, the move over to Melbourne is they've taken over his contract. And to be honest, it's a shame. He was a player that kind of promised so much, but he just never looked like his heart was in it. And I'm not, without getting into the kind of ins and outs of who he supports and everything else, it just, it was a poor move. And I just hope that we've learned a lesson from it. Um, it, it shouldn't, it should be a template for things that we shouldn't do in the future, in my opinion. I mean, in terms of the club he's, he's supported, I've got to be honest with you, that I've had players like Neil McCann and Chris Burke in the past. You know, and those guys, McCann especially, done 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 a really decent job for Rangers. So, I mean, in terms of the team he supported as a boy, it didn't bother me. When he first arrived at Rangers, I was, I was genuinely quite excited. I thought, this is a boy that might, you know, might be able to do something for us. I was a wee bit surprised in terms of Warburton because he chased him like a rabid dog and then the minute he got him, he just parked him on the bench. But the longer it went on, the the, the more his attitude seemed to get worse in my opinion. I, I just think, and that, it, it climaxed for me with that at the, the cup final. To me, that was two fingers to the supporters, to the club. And as far as I'm concerned, Australia is no far enough away from But we'll, we'll talk about that on another time. Uh, Stuart, coming back to you, I was a wee bit, I was a wee bit sad to see Jason Holt go. I must admit, I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying he should be a starter week in week out, but 
as a as a squad player, I think he's, he's you know he's a valuable player in that respect, and I was quite sad to see him go. Do you think it was the right I, the, sorry the right move to 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 send him down there? Um, I think so. I, I can't see the lad playing very much this year. I mean, I think um, Holt always gives his all. I don't think you can ever say he, he comes off the park with without giving any less than a hundred percent. But I think you can also say. He's He's just not good enough. I mean, we signed him in the first place as more of an attacking midfielder, or certainly somebody that could uh, create stuff in the in the final third and, and chip in with goals. And in the championship, he did that to to reasonable effect. But since we've moved up a league, he struggles a bit more. Ironically, when he when he falls out the team, then eventually gets his way back in through injuries. Maybe a few games later, that then he tends to do quite well then. But Generally speaking, I, I don't think he's good enough and I think it's best for everybody that he, he can move to another team, get playing regularly and, and hopefully um, that'll put him um, in the market for, for somebody to take him off his hands at some point from us. Would you agree with that, Stephen? Yeah, I think I actually think Jason Holt's a really likeable player. He's got a lot of good traits. Um, as you've said there, he always gives his all and he's 100%. But I, I always watch Jason Holt and and I just don't. I, I don't think he tackles enough. I don't think he's as tigerish as he as he could possibly be. And I, I'm, I'm not going to criticise Jason Holt because I think he gives everything, and that is a, an admirable trait. I just don't like Frankie was saying. I just don't think he's quite good enough. And it's a shame. I think there's a number of players kind of hanging about seven or eight of them on the the kind of circumference of, of the squad and things that are all like kind of Jason Holt's stature. Uh, likeable guys but just not quite where we need to be so again I think it's a good move for him to put himself in the shop window um, be interesting to see how Barton gets on down at Fleetwood and how Holt gets on with him and things like that so um, definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on for sure you know, I would I would maybe actually disagree with, with some of what you're saying I think as a squad player I think Holt would maybe, maybe have been worth keeping hold of but I hear what you're saying and uh it's maybe hard to disagree with, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> right, on to, on to the part that, that, that Stephen's very good at on the, the blog and on, on, on Twitter. Always a, a well of information of things that's going on here and there. So we're going to have a wee look at some of the possible moves. Stuart sort of hinted on one there and now. Uh, Umar Sadiq on loan from Roma. Stuart's comments there, Stuart, that actually goes against... I was speaking to someone the other day who is one of these sort of... They're right into their Serie A and they're mad for it, and they seem to rate them. Uh, but I haven't seen them myself, I, I can't comment. You said you've, you've looked at some of the videos on YouTube, and you're a bit doubtful. I haven't seen them, but this guy seemed to think that he was someone who was going to be a good player in the future, but but needed game time. There's also, I, I was speaking with Stephen yesterday on Twitter about this, there's also a rumour about Kyle Lafferty. Now, I, I got something on this yesterday from... <laughs> A fairly reliable source that that it was practically a done deal. So in terms of Lafferty, would, would sure I'll come to you first. Would would you be happy to see somebody like Lafferty back at the club? It's a tough one. Um, I think we've just been talking about Jason Holt, um, and Stevie rightly mentioned other players in the squad that are on the periphery, and and while they're they're they try their best, and arguably Ranger fans, guys like Andy Halliday, um, I'm not sure Lafferty. Um, or bring extra quality that, that we need either. I think he's had a decent season for Hearts. In fact, he's had a very good season for Hearts. Um, but speaking to a few jambos at work, there, um, they weren't overly impressed with him. I mean, other than his goals, they, they weren't convinced with his work rate. Maybe that's the way Hearts play. I mean, I've, certainly I only really seen them um, properly twice last season, and that was at Ibrox, and they were awful in, in both the games, and, and Lafferty was somewhat isolated. When he played, I mean, I think in the first game at Ibrox, he, he worked really hard and he was sort of on the left-hand side. In the second game, he, he was more of a the striker and, and didn't have much support, even though uh, Naismith was playing. So, I'm not sure. I've already been a bit negative about Sadiq as well. I, I didn't know about, enough about the player to, to comment fairly. Lafferty, I do I know enough about him. And he wasn't great in his first spell at Rangers. He scored important goals. He tended to turn up in the big games, which which speaks a lot. But he also suffered a lot from injuries. Um, he's a maturer guy now, so is his behaviour off the field better? I don't know. 
I think um, I'd like to think there's there's better out there. Um, but at the same time, I understand the market that we're operating in is is, is cheap and cheerful. And I guess um, for free, then it might be well be worth the the risk. Stephen, I would, I, my view in Lafferty is I think he's a better player now than he was when 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 we had him the first time he was at Ibrox. And as, as Stuart pointed out, there he scored in in big games, especially. He always seemed to like switch on the minute the split happened. You know, the last sort of six games of the season, he sort of kicked into form. I would kind of argue that that's the type of player that we've been missing. You know, someone who has that that mentality. Now I, I hear what Stuart's saying that you know he's 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 maybe not the best in the world, but you know sometimes it's all about the mentality. You know, having a big someone who. A, who's got that big game mentality can play in these games. Anytime I've seen Lafferty this season, you know, on the sports scene or at Ibrox when he was playing against Rangers, I, I thought he's looked okay. And he, he obviously gave he gave Celtic a torrid time last season. Are these the kind of, is that maybe, if there is any truth to these rumours, is that maybe the reason why? Because of this mentality that he's got that he can play in the big games? Well, Lafferty's a bit of a conundrum for me in a way. I really, I really liked him. When he was first here, as you guys have pointed out quite rightly, he always turned up. He was he was kind of big team mentality, big player mentality, big game mentality rather. Sorry, and he always produced. And, and like after the split, like you were saying, the way he left leaves a sour taste. But again, I I agree. I think he is a better player. The, the issue I've got is is not with Lafferty coming back as such. The issue I would have if Lafferty's coming back is our number nine. Is he good enough for where we need to be? If Lafferty was coming back to challenging the squad and things like that, then yeah, I mean, I could, I could get on board with that. I'm still hoping that a top striker comes in. That's a, that's the, the kind of wow factor signing. I think and hope will be a striker. If Lafferty was that player, that would would it be underwhelming? I'm not too sure. I would be in favour of it, to be honest. It's, it's it's a difficult one because your your head's kind of a wee bit remembers the goals at Rugby Park and things like that. He is a player I like. Is he good enough? I'm not sure, to be honest. That's it's a difficult one. Stevie, you is mentioned um, sorry, Colin. You, you mentioned that sort of you're looking for a, a marquee signing, and and I agree with you there. And again, I'll come back. I don't think we've got a huge amount of money to spend, so I, I think. What we'll be looking to do is maybe bring a striker in that doesn't feature in an English team's twenty-five man squad. So that doesn't these only confirmed until the end of August, obviously. So you've got um, two months to go until that happens. So it might well be that we do want to bring somebody else in before then, and we certainly need to because towards the end of last season, when, in fact for most of last season, obviously Morelos was our first choice striker and he had to play up front on his own, and there wasn't any backup. If he was injured or unavailable, we had Herrera, we had Cummins, who never looked, and neither of these players looked sharp. Miller was obviously either injured or had fell out with, with various managers at, um, in his uh, latest spell. So I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if in the interim we're looking to bring somebody else in to help for these European games um, over the next month. But I would like to think, and I'm certainly hoping that in August, where we have the opportunity to bring in somebody that's actually going to challenge Morelos properly for that number nine role. Um, and whether or not Morelos leaves, um, that might give us free up some money. But if not, then I think the only market, realistic market, to bring in somebody of the required quality is probably the loan market. And I think that's what we, we may have to wait until then to, to see what transpires. On that, interesting. I was just thinking there as well. Something we don't really know is how Gerard is going to line us up. I mean, we're not really entirely sure of, of preferred formations. I mean, there was he kind of swapped between four four two and four three three. If he goes an old style four four two like he did at, at the Liverpool under eighteens, etc., then perhaps he's looking at a kind of big man, little man. So Sadiq's obviously got quite a good build. He's pacey. He's big. He's strong. Lafferty is similar. Lafferty's quite fast. He's quite tall. He, well, he is tall. Um, and they could be similar. So perhaps if there is truth to the rumour, which probably worth pointing out that Hearts are strongly denying it, Rangers are strongly denying it. 
So if it does transpire, um, then perhaps that's what Gerard's thinking, that Lafferty and Sadiq could be challenging and it could be Morelos and somebody else. I, I can, I do think that there, it is only really Morelos we've got as a striker at the club at the moment, so he does need to maybe bring in a couple more. Certainly seems to be the noises that, that they're, they're making. They're looking for at least two strikers. So it's from that point of view, if you looked at it that way, if we knew a wee bit more about what Gerard was planning to do, then it might make a wee bit more sense. But like a lot of the, the transfers, things being denied and everything else, I've come to learn in the last few weeks that it's not worth writing anything off. So I, I still think that Lafferty, like Colin was saying yesterday in the, in the messages and things, I still think that perhaps it could happen. Well, for, I mean, I, I obviously can't reveal who, who's told me this, but as someone who operates within sort of Scottish football circles and knows people and all the rest of it, and they were they, they were saying that the word is it's a done deal. But again, we've heard these things before. So, you know, clubs have denied things in the past and then they've happened, you know, and, and players have denied things and then they've happened. And so I suppose we'll never know. There's always going to be that element of, of, of rumour and all the rest of it. And speaking of rumours, there was one today that, 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 that Gareth McCauley had, had flown into Spain to join Rangers on, on, their, on their pre-season training. I'd sort of put it out there on Twitter to sort of get some feedback. Some some folk came back saying, yeah, they'd heard that too. Other folk came back saying, no, it's 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 not happening. Stephen, have you heard anything on this? Well, interestingly enough, I heard um, there was a thread on, on the internet as well saying similar that he had um, passed his medical in Manchester, which seems to be where we're taking our players these days to do the medicals. Uh, Ross Hall doesn't seem to be getting used anymore. And just like you say that he was he was on his way to Spain. Um, I've actually got a couple of friends in the trade that are out in Spain um, covering Rangers and things like that. So I, I obviously dropped them a line and they get nothing nothing back from the club or nothing nothing back to suggest that, that there was any more than a rumour. And in fact, it got flatly denied, to be quite honest. Um, and I don't think at this moment there, there's anybody kind of running with it. However, going back to what we were saying before, the club, we we knew um, about signings um, in advance, which were, which have been denied. And things have, have certainly tightened up rumour-wise and things like that. They're not giving any kind of hints or information out to anyone anymore, which makes it difficult to know what to believe. Um, so, you know, a flat-out denial on Macaulay at this moment when, when there is certainly good people saying that he, the one-year deal's there, etc. It's one of those ones that, what do you believe? Um, you know, like you say, the club are denying it and things, things can happen. So I would tend to to kind of believe what, what the guys were saying, that they don't think there's anything in it, etc. But he's a, he's a player that's 39, I think he's 38, 39, he's lots of experience. I think he actually would be, if he comes in as a as a backup and think a wealth of experience, I don't actually have a problem with a one-year deal for him. So it's, it's one that, if it happens, then it could be interesting. I don't mind it at all if it comes to fruition, to be honest. Sure, how would you feel about Macaulay? I mean, I've, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, I don't know a great amount a great amount about him but 38 you would think oh my god that's a bit but you know we've had Clint Hill we've had uh, Bruno in recent years Davy Weir's the obvious one you know I think he was 35 36 when we signed him and we ended up getting four or five years out of him so is age really a barrier and if he was to come in as backup would you be would you be happy with that I'd be overly delighted, but at the same time, I mean, the guy's played at the top level now for a number of years. Um, he's clearly a decent defender, and as there was the case with Clint Hill and and Davy Weir and, and Alves, I mean, it's it's not about all about their pace. It's about the reading of the game and their experience that you sign these guys. And it worked very well with Davy Weir. It worked reasonably well with Clint Hill. And in fact, I think most Rangers fans would have rather. Uh, this time last year, we'd extended Clint Hill's deal for another year than, than probably opted for Alves or or um, Russell Martin, for example. So there'll be the usual hypocrisy about his age and, and, and what have you. Um, of course, we'd rather uh, bring in another uh, younger player. Um, but you've got Goldson and Katic who are fairly inexperienced in terms of uh, playing at uh, 
Cottage is definitely an experience. Goldson's not exactly played at a, a, a big high level um, regularly anyway since his, his heart problems. So I think it makes sense to bring in another player that, that has played at that level. Um, and obviously Macaulay's played it in, in, uh, for Northern Ireland as well at, at uh, the European Championships. Um, it might make more sense if Bruno Alves is, is, is going to leave. Uh, as it stands, I don't think it makes much sense to have Alves and Macaulay. So, one or the other, please. Stephen, your blog and yourself on Twitter, you're, you're, you're always coming out with, you know, information regarding signings and what's going on at the club. So, you're obviously a man in a position that hears a lot of things and there's a lot of stuff going on about, obviously, I heard the stuff about Lafferty yesterday, that, that there's a thing with Gareth Macaulay today. What's the most outrageous rumour you've heard about, about Rangers recently? Signing wise, it's been a really interesting um, summer because in in January we were quite lucky. A lot of our stuff um, was kind of bang on. Obviously, we had the information on Russell Martin, Jason Cummings, um, Greg Doherty, etc. Um, we I don't know everything that happens. You hear little snippets, like I'm sure everybody does, but I have decent outlets to check them out. And this summer has been it's been crazy couple of names that, that spring to mind that people were adamant. A um, player called Abel Hernandez, who's just finished at Hull, on his way to Ibrox, um, in Ibrox, medicals, etc., done deals and everything else, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he chased that, and it's just a dead end. So that was an interesting one. Uh, with Glenn Johnson, the, the right back, who Stoke, I think, there was talk of that happening because he played with Gerard, I think, at Liverpool. Um, these were these were really strong. I've talked about done deal people saying, you know, people that information is normally good saying that these things are done and going to be happening. So there's obviously been the, the whole Martin Skirtle debacle kind of thing. The club obviously strongly deny that happened, but there's so much kind of contrary evidence to say that it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Abel Hernandez one. The, the most recent one that has appeared actually in the last couple of days is Daniel Sturridge, um, Liverpool striker, as being the, the wow factor striker. Um, certain people pushing that, and apparently he's he's the big the big name and things. But when you look into it, it's you most often hit, you know, that's absolute nonsense replies and things like that. But. Um, it's certainly been interesting. There's there's hardly been a name, hardly been a day gone by that somebody isn't tweeted saying, well, what about this guy or, or what about this one? Or, so yeah, I've just spent a lot of time the last few weeks Googling names and, and putting them to, to people that I know. Um, and most of them have come back saying, no, there's absolutely nothing in this. But um, yeah, it's a toss-up, I think, between Abel Hernandez, Glenn Johnson and the most recent one of Daniel Sturridge. It's been interesting to say at least. Right, sure. We'll move on a wee bit. Uh, we've talked about the players in and out. Have a wee look at the stuff that's actually going on in Spain at the moment. Now, the most recent thing has been Graham Doran's been sent home from pre-season training. Uh, he's broken down again, another injury. I have to say, I'm 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 starting to get the fear where Graham Doran's is concerned. There are there are some players that you just think. It's not going to happen for him at Ibrox, and I'm starting to get that feeling about Graham Dorans. Uh, do you think this is something we should be majorly concerned about because that's you know that's a few injuries he's had now? I think there's been some conflicting information about about um, the uh, Dorans situation. I think some people were saying he was going back because he actually had a pre-boot um, sort of operation or checkup on on his last injury. Certainly, he seemed to be training in Spain. I think that was ahead of schedule because I think they thought he was going to be out for six to eight weeks after he got injured up at Aberdeen. So um, maybe Stevie can, can enlighten us a bit more. But fingers crossed, if he has picked up just a wee knock, then it's, it is just that. But um, it's going to be hard for, for Dorans to get into the team next year, certainly in our central midfield. So it would be a shame if he was indeed injured. You heard anything, Stephen, on the Dorans front? Yeah, um Basically, it's not a new injury. Um, as you were saying, he was meant to be out longer. He wasn't meant to be fit for the start of the year. And he's been fine. He's been running well and reports have been OK. The problems have arise when he started to kick the ball in contact. Um, basically, tackles and things like that. He's getting pain in his knee. 
So he did have a pre-arranged scan and they, they've just brought it forward. And basically, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's, it's major. I just think that sometimes things don't properly heal, maybe get a wee bit of rest, maybe an injection or two. Um, and then we'll see where we take it from there. But that is the same injury that he picked up at Pataudry. It's not a fresh injury. So we've just got to hope that it's teething issues with him because Graham Dorans is, is a guy that's been desperately unlucky with injuries since he came to Rangers. And we've never really seen him properly. Some people kind of doubt his ability. I, I think he needs a proper run, a good run, a good pre-season. And hopefully this is a minor thing that he's going to get over quickly. I have to say, I'm I'm one of those that has has my doubts about Dorans, and and maybe you're right, maybe he does need a run, but it just seems he never he never gets a chance to do that, and I, I think Stuart makes a valid a valid point in that you know with the players that were brought in, it's going to be harder for him, and you've you've also got Ryan Jack sitting, you know, coming back from injury as well, so I, I do I'm starting to fear for Dorans, I must admit, but time will tell. Steven Gerrard uh, has has said recently that he's, you know, Lee Wallace is no longer the captain and he's basically looking at his squad at the moment to see who he would think would, would make captain material. A question to both of you is, uh, sure, I'll come to you first. Is there anyone who you think who is a, a natural captain on that side at the moment? Um Difficult to tell. I think I think Tav did a reasonable job last year. Maybe not in terms of being a, a proper leader, but he's, he's one of the few players in the team that that you can rely on to to turn up in, in most games. And I mean, it's very rare that he's injured, so um, he's, he's, he plays most of the games in a season. Um, so in that respect, he, he leads from the front. I'm not entirely sure he's, he's a great captain in the park. So, um, but. I don't think we'll have a huge amount in the in the squad either. Maybe uh, Connor Goldson might have those attributes. If Alves sticks about and we go three at the back, as some people have suggested, then you'd maybe look towards Alves again. But other than that, it's it's um, it's a tricky question. Ryan Jack, possibly. I mean, he was a captain at Aberdeen, and I mean, I, I really liked him. Jack's performances before he got injured last season, and I think he could be a big player. The same for, uh, with Jordan Rossiter. So there's a few guys there, but it's it's certainly um, open to debate to, to who can uh, actually fulfil the role. Stephen, is there anyone that stands out for you? Yeah, I would give it to Alan McGregor. Um, thank you, no, thank you. No no questions for me. I think Alan McGregor is a winner. I think he's strong um, on the pitch. Like He's very vocal. You're talking about Alan McGregor that used to be unhappy having a clean sheet. That is the kind of guy we need. He's the kind of leader for me. From the back, he, he, he sees the whole pitch. He can move players. and he, We know, we've seen Alan McGregor in goals for Rangers before. He, he's not a shrinking violent. violent. He, he is, for me, he's, he's captain material. I don't, Conor Goldson would be my next choice, but I, I'm kinda, we don't know much about him. So for me, it's, it's a no-brainer. The, the captain this season, my choice would be Alan McGregor. That's, I have to be honest, that's a name that, that crossed my mind. Uh, there, there, there's been a sort of a trend in recent years that, that not a huge amount of goalkeepers are captains anymore. You know, it used to happen quite a lot because of that thing you were saying there that you know they see the game from the back. But I would, I would in terms of character, I, I think he's definitely for me anyway uh, the most obvious, the most obvious captain. Come back to your previous captain before uh, you know, things went awry at the semi-final last year. Again, going back to Stephen Gerrard, he said that he would he would want a fit Lee Wallace in the side, although he's not, as previously mentioned, going to be captain. <laughs> Marty's back. You know, that he's back in the fold. He's back doing his previous job. Sure, as <sighs> how do you think the, the Lee Wallace thing is going to play out? Because I'm still not convinced he's going to be at Ibrox next season. Yeah, I think I have to agree with you, Colin. I think his Rangers career is pretty much done. Um, I think we've, the three of us will have heard different rumours about exactly what's happened. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult to say for sure, but um, what you can say is not contributed in over a year um, in any way, shape or form to, to Rangers. Um, you can say as much as you like about him, what he stayed at the club well through administration and uh, and the journey back to the, the Premier League, and, that, and that's fine, and I admire the guy for that. What I don't admire him for is is 
lack of contribution over the last year, um, constant injuries just before big games, um, falling out with managers, and then taking the, the, the club to the SPFL just as we've got challenge, other challenges with the, the football authorities. Um, no, I, I, I can't see him being a Rangers player next year. However, he's arguably still an asset, so I don't think we should give, be given away for nothing. Um, it would be interesting to see who we could uh, move him on to. Maybe um, uh, some sort of swap or, or deal for Graham Shinney might be worth a look. I would, I would agree. I, I, I genuinely think he's done that. I can't see any way back from it. And, and going back to the captain thing, I I thought he was a mediocre captain at best. I, I, I didn't see him offer much at all on, on that front. I didn't see him as an actual leader of men. So to speak in a similar way to someone like McGregor, for example. So yeah, I think he's done. I can't see him coming back. Moving on to the start of the season, we've, we've had the European draw, Stephen. Uh, here we go with the pronunciation thing again, right? So we've got FK Shikupi of Macedonia. Now, obviously, that, that I don't want to tempt fate because obviously we had the progress shambles last year, but that game should probably take care of itself. However, if we get through that, then the next round is potentially more difficult. It's... It's either CS Petrol Club of Moldova or NJ something or other of Croatia, right? <laughs> NK Osijek. But the main thing is they put PSV out of the the Europa League last season. So in terms of the European draw, what do you reckon our chances are getting to the group stages? First of all, I think it's exciting just to be to be back at we need to right the wrongs of, of last year. It was shambles. It was it really was terrible. I think this is a great chance for, for the squad. I think under Gerard, I think they will be a lot fitter, there'll be a lot more determination and I don't think it'll be as easy for them to cop out as at times they did last year. Even progress that early was was a, a really bad warning of what was coming. There was things that was happening in pre season and, and noises and things, but it, it all seems to be you know, everybody's talking positively about things that are happening out in Spain and about the management and things like that. And I'm hoping that we, we should be okay against the, the Macedonians. With regard to, I've actually looked into um, the, the Croatians, boys. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce these names. But the, the Croatian team, they um, are, are particularly, they're, they're kind of a stronger outfit. But Katic, when he was playing last year, he he was involved in with his team. They beat them, and they're not as consistent. So I I think that although it's more difficult, I, I think that both games are are winnable. If if that's the way it transpires with the draw and things, both games are, are winnable on paper. And I'm I'm optimistic. Um, however, as as my wife she sits next to me, I book says that if we were playing Barcelona tomorrow, I would expect a victory. So. I'm maybe not the best one to ask these things, but yeah, I'm, I'm confident that um, we should certainly put in a better show than we, we have done previous years. Well, it can't be any worse than last year, let's be honest. That was that was horrific. And I, again, I, I got the fear very early on in the first half of the Progress game at Ibrox. It just felt, it just felt off. I just thought, no, this is not going well. And, uh, and then that's the way it transpired. But hey-ho. Going on to the fixtures, they were announced uh, last week there, Stuart. Uh, now, the, 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 there's many in Scottish football and circles that would tell us that there's a, a, a huge Masonic conspiracy surrounding Rangers that, that gives them everything in terms of you know favours and helps them along the way to titles and cups and all the rest of it. So I'm assuming three away fixtures in the first four weeks, one at Potosi and one at Celtic Park as part of that conspiracy. What did you make of the, the, the fixtures, particularly the opening ones? Opening day at Pataudry and then on the 1st of September, we're at, we're at Celtic Park. Yeah, it's certainly a tough start. Probably couldn't have asked for a, a tougher start, but um, I think I think Stephen Gerrard will be quietly happy with that. I think it's a great chance for his, himself and the, the, his new players and the guys from last season to say, to, to, to lay down the, a, a marker and really get stuck in. Um, if you can beat Aberdeen in your first game, it really uh, sends across a message. Then you win your next game and then you can go to Celtic and really give give them a, a hard match. And 
even if you can come away with Parkhead for, with a draw, then you're set up quite nicely for the start of the season. Um, in terms of Masonic conspiracies, obviously um, three away games and in our final five games at the end of last season sort of does away with that as well, as does um, their, our latest charge and um, that's coming up next week at the SFA again. So, yeah, these guys aren't really worth listening to. Um, I think Stevie's got, and his website's got a really nice... Uh, uh, saying for that, so I'll let him uh, share that with you at some point. But it's uh, it's a tough start, but I, I I really think we can we can make the best of it, and we've got to play these teams at some point. So the quicker the better, as far as I'm concerned. I, I would agree with that. I, I, my view is you, you need to play them at some point. So yeah, I would I would absolutely agree with that. Get them in early doors and see where we are. Right, moving on. Obviously, Rangers made the signing last week there of John Flanagan, a former Liverpool player. On paper, seems like a good deal. You know, he's playing at the Premiership. as part of that Liverpool side in 13-14, which came so close uh, to, to winning the Premiership. Suffered from injury since then and, and, and has very few appearances. However, it does the off-the-field stuff that comes with him. Obviously, he was uh, charged and prosecuted with assaulting his partner and all the ramifications that came with that and that makes it a controversial signing. So uh, before tonight's pod, I got in touch with John Gibbons at the Anfield Wrap. I'd like to thank him for, for being so helpful in this. Basically asked him for his views as John as a player and you know what happened off the park. So on the park, what it comes down to with Flanagan, Apparently, he was never really tipped to go over that far when he was at the, the, the academy at Liverpool. Kenny Douglas gave him his break and he'd and he done okay. Then he had a bit of a nightmare in the game against Blackburn Rovers and was substituted after 25 minutes. And I think the general feeling then was that was that. He got back into the team under Brendan Rodgers in 13-14 and that's when he sort of made his name. You know, he was a fairly consistent performer at that point, and I can remember him well. I, I thought he was a good player at the time. Apparently, John says he left back suits him better, which kind of contradicts the sort of debate that I've seen on on social media. Anyway, you know, we all seem to think that that we're signed a right back, but but John seemed to think that left back suited him better because he can cut inside on his right. He was injured for eighteen months, never really came back after that. When he did come back, apparently he looked miles off the pace. And, you know, a lot of Liverpool fans at that point kind of knew that he's, he, he was done. Sent him out on loan, that never worked out. John's biggest sort of fear about, about Flanagan is he was, on a, he was on a decent contract at Liverpool, approximately 28 grand, 30 grand a week, and just wonders how much he wants it now. You know, he's, he's got enough money in the bank. Sure, I'll come to you first. In terms of on the part, we'll come to the off the part stuff later on, in terms of on the park, how do you feel about Flanagan signing? I feel like I've been the negative guy tonight, I really do, but I'm... Again? I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced again, I'm afraid. It's, it's Listen, I, again, I can only refer to the situation we're in. We, we don't have £3.5 million to spend on every single player that we sign. We've done well, it seems, on the face of it, with Golson, so I can be positive there. I think that's a really good signing despite his, his um, medical issues uh, previously. Uh, as I say, we, we can't go and spend another £30 million on another 10 players from the Premiership, the English Premiership anyway. So what you've got to look at is the loan market um, and then the Bosman market and then maybe guys that have had problems in their career but they've maybe had previous potential and Flanagan obviously comes into that. Um, I don't know a huge amount about him. I'm, I'm happy to, to admit that for, for the start. I mean, I didn't watch a huge amount of English football. Um, but it, by, all, by all accounts and by your, the guy from the Anfield rap, um, he, he did well at Liverpool and um, until he got injured. And then he's obviously struggled. And I think it's two injuries that he had in his knee. I think it was fluid on the knee and then a problem on his, on his other knee. So right away, that... That gets the alarm bells ringing for me. Um, I think we've seen players in the past with with, with, with problems. Um, Carlos Pena was one um, last year. Okay, Flanagan doesn't come with a signing home fee, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got to come with a big, healthy wage. So it's a gamble by Gerard, and 
the guy, to be fair, he knows Flanagan, he knows his strengths and weaknesses, um, probably on the pitch and off the pitch. So um, he's better placed than you or I to decide whether or not he's, he's, he's worth worth that gamble. But I, I'm not very sure at the minute. Um, however, is he better than, than uh, Lee Hodson? Well, I, th- I think it's pretty obvious that, that he is going to be better than Lee Hodson in terms of backup for Tav and or to play on, on the left side of defence. Um, I mean, we've got Declan John, who did well in patches last year, tended to pick up the odd injury. Then we've got Wallace, who hasn't contributed at all, as, as I mentioned earlier. So I think we really did need to find um, a backup for the left side. So I think I think um, what um, John at the Anfield Rap suggested, that he might be coming in for, for that side of the team, probably makes more sense than playing right back if we intend keeping Tav. So... It might well work out, um, but I think um, the, the, the jury's out on that for now, that's for sure. Stephen, with regards to his, his, his ability on the part, how do you feel about Flanagan arriving? I'm actually very pleased at the signing of Flanagan. I think that he's an excellent defender. I think he's very strong in the tackle. And I think he'll, he'll surprise a few people. I don't see him as being an immediate starter, but I do see him has been one that after maybe six or eight weeks will find himself a, a permanent fixture in the in the defence. I, I, with regards to um, positional why I would agree also having spoken to a few people that left back is where he'll play. It's interesting he's not as, as forward thinking as as either of our fullbacks at the moment, John or Tavernier. So again, this this could come down to how we play. Are we going to play three at the back? Uh, Perhaps if, if Tab's bombing forward, would he talk in to make a three because he is comfortable at playing on the on the, the centre side of either side of a three? So yeah, I mean, on a on a free transfer for a guy um, who is capable, then yeah, I think it's a good sign. And we know that at, at Bolton he had a, a fairly slow start to his, his loan kind of deal there, but by the end of it, they were raving about him, saying his attitude was fantastic and his performances were were way above um, Bolton standards and that came from from people at their club. So, yeah, I I, I think Flanagan's a very good signing. I think he'll, he'll really boost the, the back line. I think he'll be a fairly solid and dependable guy um, on the park. For me, it's, 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 a, it's a good signing. I'm pleased that he's here. But in terms, of, again... Going to the on the past stuff, I, I would agree, and I would, I would agree with you, Stephen, that I think he's someone who will eventually, at some point, find a, a permanent place in the side. Everyone seems to think that he's a backup to Tav or whatever. I, I think if he reaches the, the standards that I think Gerard thinks he can reach, then I, I think he's going to be a, a permanent fixture. Moving on to the off the part stuff. Uh, Again, going back to what John said at Anfield Rap, apparently most fans were expecting him to be sacked after the incident. Now, I've, I've never, I've not seen the incident. Uh, I had a wee look on YouTube, but I think all, all sort of traces of it have been removed from YouTube. But I've, I've read a few reports about it, and apparently it's, 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 it makes for pretty bad, pretty grim viewing. You know, it's a fairly sustained attack, and uh, he kicks her a couple of times. And I think. John saying a lot, a lot of Liverpool fans expected him to be sacked for that. Uh, John says a lot of Liverpool fans also found they, they, they believe in giving people a second chance, but there was a feeling that he, he wasn't, he didn't show a lot of contrition for what he'd done, and he never came out and spoke publicly and apologised. Although John did feel that a lot of that was to do with Liverpool, and that they didn't handle the situation in the best way. He, he felt that maybe Liverpool should have made. Flanagan come out and, and you know and show a level of contrition and apologise and all that kind of thing. He also thinks that the club didn't sack him because they didn't want him to, to make a benchmark, you know. So obviously, if they've got a bigger player further down the line, which, is, which sounds appalling, you know that they, they, they would have to sack him. So this this is going to be a tricky subject because I, I mean I've had some discussions through the week on social media with, with a, a couple of female supporters who were genuinely quite upset at the signing, you know, and you can understand it. You know, it's 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 a real real tricky issue. Uh, Stephen, I'll come to you first. I mean, does he deserve a second chance? I think it's important to say that I don't think anyone would condone his behaviour or what happened. I think that's first and foremost a given. However, yes, 
I would. It, it, you're trying not to sound like it's it's easy to say now that he's a Rangers player, and we all know that automatically we'll try and defend our own and things like that. I don't think anyone can defend what happens and make that clear here and now. What happened was was unacceptable. But yeah, I do believe that he should be given a, a second chance. Um, I'm pretty sure that these things will, will be included in his contract. And if guy, if it's good enough for Gary McAllister, who's a, a very good man of, of sound stature, etc., it's good enough for Steven Gerrard, then it's good enough for me. I'm happy to to give him a second chance and 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 let him get back to, to his, his football career. I said something on Twitter last week as well. It's a really difficult subject for us. We were getting asked a lot on the blog and things. I don't think that anyone's wrong in their opinion here. There's going to be people that just don't like John Flanagan and don't agree that he should be at a club. I'm not going to argue with these people. That opinion is 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 perfectly valid and, and for, for me. I, I believe that, that every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I don't think there's anyone that hasn't made mistakes. There's people that won't make as big a mistakes, but for me, yeah, he gets a second chance. But if anything ever happened with John Flanagan at Rangers in that, in any sense like that, then I would be saying we should be cutting our losses, basically. But I'm pretty sure that for people that do know him, obviously we don't know what happened with Liverpool, like, like you guys were saying, and perhaps they kind of managed the situation, etc., and told them what to do and don't. We'll never know, but as I said, if it's good enough for guys like McAllister and that, then I'm happy that he's here and I'm happy to give him the benefit um, of, of any doubt going forward. I should point out that, that, that John Gibbons at Anfield, uh, Anfield Rap, sorry, did say that it was it was remarkably out of character for him. However, that it's still it's, it's still it's still it's still so awkward and difficult. Sure. You know, there'll be season ticket holders, there'll be female supporters who have been affected by domestic violence, who have maybe experienced it. Uh, you know, what does, what does the, the sign of Flanagan say to them? And, and, you know, it must be really, really difficult for, for them to, to sort of watch somebody like Flanagan walking out and getting adulation and a huge salary and all that comes, all the perks that comes with being a professional footballer. First of all, I think I think Steve answered it pretty eloquently, and um, and he was right to say that nobody can condone what what um, the lad did to his, his partner. Um, I think his sign has been relatively low key because of that. I, th- I don't think there's been a sort of huge unveiling. Um, there hasn't been a lot of uh, PR about it. Uh, clearly, Gary McAllister gave an interview um, and and touched on what had happened. As a supporter, as somebody sort of commentating, commentating on the side, it's difficult to sound anything other than sanctimonious. I mean, none of us are perfect. Um, I've certainly done things in my life that I'm ashamed of. I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. Um, however, this this is something that's really divisive amongst Rangers fans. And Steve Gerrard and McAllister and Mark Allen and and, and the Rangers board would have, would have known that beforehand. Um, and I go back to what we discussed earlier in terms of his on the park positives and negatives, his injuries, and I think I think a good way to to, to go through it is how Dave King um, addressed the, the Stephen Gerrard press conference at the time when we secured him as manager. Is that there's different boxes that you can tick or you can cross or miss out when you're signing staff, and I think with this lad, there's a lot of crosses and there's not as many ticks, or certainly the balance and them out, so I, th- I think there's a, it's a big risk, and I don't think it was a risk that we needed to take. I think there was a huge feel good factor amongst the fans. I think um, everybody was behind Gerard. I still think they are. I don't think that's changed necessarily. However, there is a lot of division, even on our wee forum. There's guys falling out over it, and this didn't need to happen. As much as this, as I say, I, I think this is a punt by Gerard. It might turn out to be a fantastic signing. He might come in and do the business and we might be able to sell him for six, seven, eight million this time next year or the year after. And I don't think many of us will be talking about domestic abuse then, but that would be hypocritical. And I think it was the wrong thing to sign this guy. Does he deserve a second chance in life? Of course he does. Who are we to, to say that somebody that, that does an act of criminality shouldn't be able to read the rest of their life? I mean, that's just a silly view to take. However, in terms of our football club, we mentioned Struth and Johnny Hubbard earlier. These guys wouldn't have stood for domestic abuse. And to me, 
it still shouldn't be standing for it. And so this signing for me is about a disappointment. I can understand it, but it's still disappointing. And I think it was unnecessary. I, I, I find it hard to disagree. I, I mean, through the week, I was I, I was sort of rationalising the signing to myself and just saying, well, he's done this. And, and the main thing was that everyone deserves a second chance. But as I said, one of the conversations I had in particular uh, with a female fan, uh, really, that every point she made, I, I didn't have anything to come back on. You know, there was no comeback. And it just felt, it's one of the most awkward conversations I've had because I, I basically had nowhere to go with it. And I'm all for giving them a second chance. And as, as you said, sure, anyone who, who makes a mistake, which is all of us, because, I mean, I've certainly done things in my life that I'm not proud of. But this this does feel a little bit uncomfortable to me. But I suppose it, he's here now, and we just need to see where it takes us. Right, lifting the mood after that. So a tricky discussion there. We'll move on to the Sevco of the Week stuff. People who listen to the, uh, the, the podcast on a regular basis know that we'll do this. Stuart, I believe you've got one. Yes, indeed I do, and it doesn't come from the usual source, actually. It's um, from our good friends at BBC Scotland. Um, obviously, they'll no mention Sevco. However, what they will do is give us dreadfully negative coverage about every single thing that happens at Rangers. Um, and I think that this week it was that they had a phone-in on Thursday or Friday uh, hosted by Stephen Jardin, and it was discussing Stephen Gerrard's um, work with Budweiser at the World Cup, whereby if England win the World Cup, apparently Budweiser have promised to give every person a beer. In other words, I think there'll be some sort of coupon that you can download or uh, get in the newspapers and go to your local pub or your, your um, supermarket and get a free bottle of Bud. And of course, it's on Stephen Gerrard. Um, but they wanted at BBC, they wanted to discuss the negative aspects of this and it's terrible and how are Rangers promoting this. This is a day after they they had a, they also had a phone-in about John Flanagan. That's maybe a bit more understandable. Yeah. But, um, I mean, this is an absolute nonsense. I mean, we've got uh, Scottish football teams, um, the SFA, their trophies, everything that are uh, related to football, not just in Scotland, but across the world, is related to alcohol, is related to gambling. Okay, their vices, they spoil people's lives, um, but they also enhance a lot of people's lives and a lot of people enjoy a drink or they enjoy a bet and the vast majority do so without causing harm to anybody else. So to try and relate this uh, this promotion in a negative way is, is just nonsensical. And I can guarantee you if it was Brendan Rodgers that was doing this, it wouldn't have happened. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree with that. Absolutely not. And, you know, I mean, I think... I, don't get me wrong, I think there's a there's a reasonable argument to, to to say should football clubs be promoting, you know, alcohol and gambling and all these kind of things. But it happens. And so they point out to blame Stephen Gerrard, but maybe that's a sign of what's to come. You know, God help us if we end up, you know, top of the league three months in, three, four points ahead, it'll really be ramped up. Anyway, Stephen, have you anything for the safe of the week? Well, um being on Twitter we get um probably access to, to quite a lot of the the, the nonsense but uh, there was one particular funny one in the last couple of weeks I won't bother mentioning the Twitter handle or anything but it was claimed that Bruno Alves had not turned up for pre-season training at Rangers and <laughs> yes, uh, the dressing yeah. room was split and you know it was jelly and ice cream time as they proclaimed and we know how that turned out um, but I was wanting to actually point out one that, that, that's came up from um, Gordon Waddle in the Sunday Mail, and it's it's not obviously it's not a, a Sevco thing, um, short of calling us that, but it's to to highlight the the media coverage that that we get and everybody knows. He Gordon Waddle says in his column, John Flanagan is a risk for Rangers and signing puts football in the dock once again, which isn't you know we're not going to argue with that. However, he has previously said Gordon Waddle. Malky Mackay showed contrition, but now has to prove he means it. Malky is one of the game's good guys. So for me, that just shows you, you know, Malky Mackay, what he went through and everything else. It's as soon as you attach the name Rangers to it, we are fair game for these people, no matter what it is. Can I just point out that I went to school with Gordon Waddle, uh, and he was a prefect at my school, 
and he was a fanny then as well. So nothing changes on that front. Are you sure he's not your source that you were talking about? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I was dreading you said he was your best pal. <laughs> no, 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 he had hair then, but mind then. But, uh, no, he was. Didn't we all? It wasn't. Well, I still have a wee bit, but you know, <laughs> it, it was not a likable guy back then. Also, right. That's all from the first edition of the Jersey Weekly Podcast uh, of this season. A big thank you to Stuart the Gaffer and Stephen from Four Lads had a dream for their contributions tonight. Much enjoyable. Also, a big thanks to our audio engineer Graham who. Will take what we've done and make it sound absolutely wonderful. A big thanks to John Gibbons at the Anfield Rap for the stuff he gave us on John Flanagan. This is obviously the first show of the new season, Stuart. When's the next one coming up and who's going to be on it? Well, we'll be going fortnightly until the, the football starts on the 12th of July. And something else might be happening that day. I'm not exactly sure what. I know I'm coming back for holiday, so I've timed it well in terms of the European game. But yeah, we'll be fortnightly until the... Um, the, the league action certainly gets going. So, um, in, in two weeks' time, it'll be Ross will be presenting our, our favourite uh, presenter, of course. And um, shocking, we'll have, uh, shocking. Then we'll have um, Pete and, and David Fraser on on as well. So I know Pete's got his fans um, in terms of his pronunciation. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to listening to to some of the, the pronunciations of some of the, the, the foreign teams that we're playing. You should, coming you should, up. You should have them on the night. That'd have been that'd have been comedy gold if you had them on the night with some of the stuff we had to mention. Very true. <laughs> right. So in two weeks' time, we'll be the next show. Until then, uh, please get onto the Jersnet forums and on the Jersnet site. Also have a look. Uh, the four lads had a dream blog some excellent stuff on there you'll find the forums at www.jersnet.co.uk and until the next time we'll see you then